Welcome back to Build a Tinker, episode 9. This week we're going to talk about Tinker and Killian and kind of go on a tangent probably on what makes a successful deck. I know Russ and I had quite a bit of discussion around this over the past couple of weeks, but before we get into that, how's your week been, Russ? It's been a really good week. We um, played a little bit of Magic, played some minis, and um, got together and had fun as friends, so... Yeah, it's been a very nice social week now that you know everybody's got their vaccine shot. We can kind of hang out and do a bit more. And I think it's going to be nice to kind of keep this up. And, you know, we have a, a friend who's going to have a uh, housewarming this weekend, get together and kind of just, you know, get back to a bit of normal after the past, you know, year that was. But out of that year came this podcast. That's right. So, yeah. So with that, I think the big thing this week is Tinkering Killian. We did a Building Killian episode. I know we had a lot of thoughts on that. We talked about building um, Professor Bear, um, Ruxa. Overall, what were your thoughts with Killian? Let me kind of dive into some of the details. So Killian was, you know, we, we had with him starting out as a commander with multiple levels of flavor text. So we chose to build specifically into the enchantment side, taking advantage of that reduction of two um, on the cost of the spells. So in playing Killian, the deck moved quickly to start with. So you tended to play out really fast. The deck moved, you got out, you did some damage, you made some, you know, made choices with it, and then it just kind of stalled. So at that point, you had to really rely on the rest of the table keeping you in the game with Killian until you could build back up a hand. Now the question is, was that because it was at a much lower power level than the deck than the table around it? Was that affecting the how this how this deck played out? Was it, you know, just bad hands, bad drawing? So we were actually able um, to go out and play at our local game store with Killian. And what I found was Killian performed really well when I was able to use his enchantments to copy the actions or to steal from my opponents. The other thing I found with Killian is you had to be mean. You you couldn't uh, sit back. You couldn't be, oh, well, you know, um, I'm going to try to garner some favor here. I'm going to try to do this. The deck only performed well when it jumped out and did mean things where when you enchanted um, other players creatures when you you know purposefully dove in and try to take advantage of every little aspect which kind of is contrary to the way I usually play commander I tend to be you know until I have big stumpy creatures that I'm going to swing out and smash people in the face with but the deck did pretty well I think based on the power level that it was built at yeah, and that's an interesting piece to kind of start with because we've talked here that we typically want our decks to be probably about a, a you know, between a five and a seven, right? It just kind of depends on the commander. Picking commanders that aren't very popular or that don't have a lot of decks, it's kind of hard to figure out where they go. But I guess in your mind, given all of that, was the deck a success in that did it do what it wanted to do did it not do what it wanted to do or i guess did it do what you wanted it to do or not do what you wanted to do right and there's probably some some differences there that we can get into so killian was it a success it was a success in that it functioned the way you built it to function it did what it was supposed to do but but <laughs> right um 
So that aspect of it was successful. Was it a success in the sense that it won games? Because um, a lot of people base their fun on whether or not they win. Right. Um, this deck definitely was not a big winner. You know, our first couple of builds were bigger winners. So sometimes when you play a deck and it feels like, well, this deck isn't winning, is it because of the playgroup? Is it because of the deck? Is it because of, you know, yourself as the player? And is that impacting how successful the deck is? So looking at it, it's not as much fun when you're not winning or you don't feel like you can win. With this deck, I felt like you could win as long as you weren't um, playing against decks that were moving really fast because um, it tended to jump out and then just stall. So it was successful in that it was built the way it was, you know, it functioned the way it was meant to. It was not a winner, so it wasn't successful in that aspect. And then kind of the third item would be, was it fun? Um, was it a success in the sense of, was it fun to play? Was it enjoyable to play? Right. You know, the first couple games I was trying to figure out how it functioned and, you know, kind of leaning into enchantments, auras, what was going on with that. So it was, it was kind of a good learn early on. And then the more I played it and trying to think of ways to adjust it, ways to, you know, tinker it into something that was you know, cleaner around the edges that, that was more well-oiled. It wasn't that much fun, right? It, because I couldn't find the pieces that, that were rubbing against each other. I couldn't find like that one spot where sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I can jump in, you know, because we, as we talked before, it, we don't want to just tinker it in the sense of we're just going to lower the curve, right? It's, it's, we want the changes to actually make the deck function better other than just going, okay, well, I've got this $5 card that's a mana value three versus this card that we've put in the deck that's a five that does, you know, effectively the same thing. We know we right. know we can we can adjust our decks as players just to move to efficiency, right? Um, that's something that is that really tinkering because you're not doing anything but changing the curve. Right. So a couple of a couple of things that you kind of touched on there. I guess the first one, so the deck wasn't fun for you. Is it that right. this wasn't your play style? You mentioned early on kind of it being mean, kind of you had to kind of be a bit more, I don't want to say aggressive in the attacking sense, but aggressive in the stopping your players, controlling your players. And that was part of the enchantment kind of theme of, you know, target a, target a creature and get that cost reduction. Sometimes that meant targeting an opponent's creature. Was that not your play style? Is that not something you enjoy doing? What, where did it kind of feel like it became not fun? Well, Control is kind of one of those things where you feel like, you know, a as a player, you have to decide how much I want to impact my opponent's ability to play. So if you take right. away what they can do, sure, that's that's a way to win. But, you know, when I play Commander, I'm playing not just for myself, but I'm also playing with the group. If the group is enjoying it, if the group is having fun and we're working together and playing, you know, being the kingmaker is a way of winning, right? You know, you're not... It's not just about my deck has to be number one. Definitely that aspect of it, control is not really my play style. But, you know, that being said, I don't mind doing it normally, but jumping out and like locking down people's commanders and doing, you know, truly taking away their ability to do what they're trying to do was the only way to feel like this deck was going to really succeed. And you had to do it early because the deck, you know, moved early. So, you right. know, locking down somebody's commander turn two. So, I mean, things like that. So the deck 
I guess, you know, maybe it wasn't fun for me because it's not really my play style. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to kind of talk about because you mentioned that the deck seemed to do what it intended to do, which was get out enchantments with a cost reduction, you know, play Killian, either enchant him, enchant some of the other creatures, lock down your opponent's creatures, take advantage of that ability. But it just wasn't fun. Do, do you think, and this is kind of where I guess, what would have come in and come out to kind of make it better? Or what is it just, hey, at this point, rebuild the whole thing and let's not worry about trying to substitute a few cards in, right? And I guess to, to start with that, probably, where was it weakest? What was the biggest weakness? I know you mentioned card draw or, or having to kind of lean on others for that. So so card draw was a definitive weakness. Um, it definitely, you know, if your hand went dry, there were not there was not a lot of ways to rebuild it. So... In black, in, you know, in Orzov, in Silverquill, you know, usually you're going to be paying life to draw cards or something like that. So that was one thing that we discussed: is okay, do I go in, you know, add more card draw? Um, yes, definitely. That that would be a tinker that has to happen to this deck. It has to get more card draw. And then what we we definitely leaning into the evasive creatures was big. So the the creatures that was one of the few ways that the deck really was able to get through, do damage, um, you know, harass players that way was because we had the menace, because we had flying, because we had fear, because we had, was it one with shadow? Yeah, um, there was shadow. But so, ironically, all of that has nothing to do with the commander. Right, right. <laughs> it, it does. It's, so, and then the other item that, which is kind of, kind of an odd way to say it, is the chosen enchantments because we had a spread of enchantments and not everything was directly impacting creatures, we weren't really taking advantage of the reduction as well as we could. So right. that was the uh, other aspect is, so I wasn't feeling super great about a lot, some of the creatures because we did have some, and again, this goes back to the mana curve situation. So there were some, some you know, six cost, five, you know, heavier, higher mana cost creatures where I feel like the deck would have been more effective sticking with evasion. Evasion was key. We, we can't put in creatures that aren't going to have some sort of evasive activity to them and, and feel like this deck's going to really, really shine. So looking at the creatures, wanted to keep the evasion, but I felt like we needed to lower the mana curve. Killian's reduction was doing, was, was doing work on the cards that we were able to cast, but because it's black and white, you're not get, we weren't get you know we weren't ramping up really heavily. Right. We weren't um, so so there was that aspect of it. So if I'm paying five to cast this creature, and I've got six land, I've got six I've, I've got six available mana, and it's turn nine. I don't want to play a five cost creature and not be able to play one of my enchantments. Right. So so then the the next aspect of it was the enchantments. So looking at the enchantments, and it felt like. Anthems really weren't doing a ton because there were hardly ever creatures on the board. So the the enchantment anthems, the the board wide enchantments just didn't seem to be doing what we needed to do to take advantage of that. So in wanting to tinker it, I started looking. Well, we need more auras. If we reduce the number of creatures, we make our creatures more affordable, and we bump up the number of auras, then you know, we can now make our evasive creatures much more dangerous for a much lower cost. I'd rather get a two cost, two, two on the board and then pay 
another one for an aura that normally costs three. Now I have a, you know, a five, five with flying, or I have, you know, essentially, you know, for the, the form of, (laughs) you know, this form of Ultron kind of moment. Um, So in looking at that, I started thinking, wow, am I tinkering this deck anymore? Yeah. Cause I guess if if you add all that up, it wasn't just five or 10 cards or, you know, let's just do card draw. Now you're doing, card draw taking out the anthems taking out some of the creatures adding in auras maybe taking out some of the other removal because it's not your play style you're right at this point it's maybe not maybe not half the deck because half the decks you know lands these days but you know out of the 30 cards doing what the deck wants to do how many of those were you like i gotta take out this many what did that kind of come out to what i where i started was this i was trying to keep our tinkering idea to the five to say at the very highest end say 15 right and that would be like a big deal going all the way out to 15 because i feel like once you get outside of that range if you've changed more than 50 percent of the cards that make the deck run that create that thematic aspect of the deck i feel like you've you're building a new deck at that point if you have a commander 37 lands 10 ramp 10 draw 10 rocks something like that right you're at 60 cards probably so you're, you're left maybe 40 to play with so if it's not 15 what do you what were you looking at were you up in the 20 25 30 range of cards to swap out so i was wanting to shift about half of our creatures out that was what about 12 something like that 23 creatures and i was thinking we probably wanted to drop somewhere in the 15 creature range because if we're going to go auras if we're only getting out two creatures but we're upping our enchantment our auras from maybe you know actually adding in you know that that difference in reducing our creatures adding in maybe say five auras there shifting out five of our you know our our other cards so so okay so say at this point we're at about 15 and then when we started looking at auras we're like wow okay well maybe there's another five that could go in here and and at that point you start looking okay well all right well what am i what's going on with my sorceries do i really want to have four board wipes if i've you know do i want to keep my board wipes at the same level do i want to keep my targeted removal at the same level so it felt like we were completely re-engineering the deck at that point right and that's that's an interesting way because sometimes decks just don't work and i know that was one of the things that we talked about a lot with this deck was and I guess to kind of probably start summing up here a bit, did the deck work? Did it not work? Or was it not what you wanted it to do? Because I know in my play testing, I was like, yeah, the deck is doing exactly what I designed it to do. Your feedback was the deck is not working. So so that goes back to the, to the marker of success. Like right. I said, you, the deck did what you built it to do. And it did that thing. And I guess where I ran into was... Maybe that's maybe that was the aspect. Maybe I felt like, no, I did feel like as I was starting to try to adjust it and, and play with it and move parts around, I kind of reached the, the decision of, well, maybe our your decision in how to build the deck was not what was working the best for Killian. That Killian wasn't making as big of an impact on the deck as I wanted him to as the player of that deck. And I right. guess that's probably a good way to put it is Killian worked. It did what it was supposed to do based on the way it was designed. 
but I didn't feel like in playing it that the deck was doing what the best the best work it could do for that commander. Right, and and that kind of leans into the if we're gonna go evasive creatures, then let's why would you pick Hillian? That's not a right commander to go with evasive creatures, right? You want probably want something that's gonna get cost reduction on creatures and not just cost reduction on target spells. If you go into a heavily aura one, now you've basically just shifted into a Voltron commander, in which case that's probably where Killian needs to be. But all the issues you had are common issues with Voltron, right? Is that you can only ever hit one player. Voltron can't really win, and it takes a long time to rebuild every time you lose your lose Voltron, right? Every time, every right. time it dies, you have to rebuild and you have to spend that time. Do you think Voltron is a style that you would enjoy? Or based on this, is that just not something you can do? Because it doesn't affect the board the way you're expecting it to. It only can ever do really one thing with one player at a time. That's where I lean into. I also like equipment. Um, right. So I, I think in, in the sense of in, in a Voltron build in being able to, you know, single out, go after a particular player, I feel like I would be okay playing that style, but then I would have to play some cards that, you know, if I was in white, I would have to consider, okay, well, I, I guess I need to put go- ghostly prison in this deck. I guess I need to, um, you know, put control. things right. Essentially, lean into control as a form of protection, which maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe Killian didn't have enough control for protection. And I guess we're, we're kind of probably circling right. the wagon here again of like, you know, well, do you like playing control? If you don't like playing control, then you know, to play Voltron, you have to protect yourself. To do that, you got to play control. If you don't like playing control. Right. And, you know, and it kind of gets into to this weird loop. And mm-hmm. I'll say we did talk about Ruxa, and I built Ruxa two ways. Played the first way with tokens, didn't really do a whole lot. Played the second way with token um, with big creatures, didn't really do a whole lot. Every time I was able to kill one player, and I could only ever take out one player, and I finally ended up taking that deck apart, even after probably about ten games, um, five of each. And that was for a very similar reason. It sounds like, and not again. It's really hard to say. It's not that it wasn't fun. It's that hmm. it it just it it just wasn't fun. It's really right. It's kind of like you know, and it sounds right. like Killian was the same way. Is that it, I didn't, it's not that I didn't have fun playing it. I just well, actually, I just didn't have fun playing it, and that's kind of <laughs> what it comes down to, I guess. Right. You know, and then that goes back to was that because the decks you were playing against was it you know, or was it just Ruxa? Um, right. Because Ruxa is so cool. Like the idea behind Ruxa is really cool. I actually think like the idea behind Killian is really cool. I think. Um, you know, there was a, an article on one of the, the big sites talking about how, you know, uh, a, a commander player really loved Killian. So, I mean, I think there's going to be some love for this commander, you know, and maybe it was a style style choice this time, or maybe I just didn't see the right path. You know, Right. So. And that's and I think that's a, that's a good point probably to end this on is sometimes decks and commanders just aren't for you. It's just not the way you like to play. Um, your play group's going to have some feedback into that, whether they like to play or not that way, because some play groups don't mind a lot of control. Others say we're not going to have control. I know we talked in our play group about, you know, not allowing ghostly prison or propaganda, just kind of, Hey, let's just not play those cards. Cause it just drags the game out. Does that kind of neuter a whole lot of decks? As suddenly these decks, you just can't play because without that control, you just can't do it. I don't know. I think it's an interesting piece and, and probably needs a whole discussion on its own as to kind of what does make a deck successful, right? And and 
is it just the pure winning? Is it the strategy behind it? Is it the playing it that's fun? Honestly, is it just being social with people? Is is that the point of Commander? I don't know. I, I think it'll be good. Any, any last thoughts as we kind of leave this where it is? You know, I don't want to give up on a deck. So, you know, maybe we'll uh, we'll work on this again some more in the future. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I did pull aside probably about 20 cards to see if I can make this deck work because I do like the idea of it, but... I do know that we may have to go into an area we don't want to, which is going to be very control-based. So uh, we'll definitely give an update if this deck comes to fruition and we kind of start playing Killian as more of a Voltron control type of deck. I'm still not sure if it's going to win or not. I already have a Voltron commander. Don't know that I need a second one. Um, Auras are different than equipment, so on and so forth, all, all the above. You know, I think going into next week, we are going to start talking about graveyards. I think, or maybe we'll go back to this. What makes a deck success? Not, not quite sure. I think that might be a better topic to start with because as you're building these decks and as we probably build in the future, we want to make sure we build decks that are fun. And I, I don't know that we're going to always both have fun with a deck. And I think that's actually a very useful thing to say, right. I don't like this deck and understanding why is probably the bigger piece. Right. And for new players and for veteran players alike, sometimes understanding that is, you know, is it going to be the difference in having fun today and not having fun today? So, I mean, the key is getting cards on the table, interacting with your pod and having a good time and wanting to come back and do it the next time. Exactly. Well, with that, we'll leave everybody with Killian kind of okay. Maybe not, maybe built wrong. Um, either way, you guys have fun with the decks you build. We'll be back next week with graveyards. And in the meantime, where can everybody find you, Russ? I'm on Twitter at Virus25, V-Y-R-U-S-S-2-5. And I am on Twitter at Nag83, N-A-G-8-3. You can find Russ and I at MTG Build Tinker on Twitter or email us at MTG Build and Tinker at gmail.com. See you guys next time.